Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today we've got a crazy nuclear revenge story against a bunch of mean girls. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, I snitched on my former roommate and her boyfriend. Most people can already tell when their roommate is going to be a jerk, but that was not the case with my roommate and me. I also didn't get back at my roommate for something she did to me. I know it's weird, but I had my own story. We met online and became friends. My virtual friend set up a book club for introverts, and I sent her a private message asking her to join in. I had just moved to the city and I didn't know anyone. I wanted to make new friends and meet new people. But I was also trying to build a strong career and barely had time to go out to events and all these things where people meet people. When I saw that my virtual friend had started a virtual book club that I didn't have to leave the house for, I was overjoyed. I sent her a private message letting her know that I was interested in joining her book club. Before I got my job, I was avidly ready. My mom would joke that I consumed rather than read books. I thoroughly enjoyed reading books. When I got my job, however, I barely had time to do any reading. I wanted to revive my reading habits as well as meet new people, so the club was a win for me on every level. I was hoping you'd join in, my virtual friend exclaimed when I told her about my intentions. I used to read your book reviews and I loved them. Why did you stop? I said my job is very demanding. I barely have the time to read anymore. I totally understand, she said. I met someone online. She writes the most brilliant and witty reviews too. I think you'll like her. She gave me the girl's username and I sent her a friend request after reading her reviews. She was indeed a witty writer and I was chuffed to find out that she lived in the city. I'm happy to finally meet a female writer in the city, she said to me when I sent her a message. Are there no female writers around here? She said, well, there are, but none of them are like you. You know like us. The us made me feel so close to her, like we had something special that made us superior. I had never been an us before that. I'm not a writer, I said to her. Nonsense, she said. I imagined her saying nonsense and sounding like a British lady. You are a writer. I've not written anything in years, I said, somewhat glad for the positive affirmation. She said, okay, are you asexual because you haven't had sex in a long time? Um, no, she said, see, that you haven't written in a while does not make you a not writer. I laughed. What is a not writer? People who don't write. The outlaws. We both laughed and I liked her immediately. For the next couple of weeks, we would text consistently. She told me she was a freelance writer. She had parents and a rich brother who took care of her bills. She came off as a spoiled girl, but not a brat. Someone that was being taken care of financially but was still very much connected to reality. She wanted to write her first book but was still gathering the materials and taking her time. I encouraged her to take her time. I would text her frequently to complain about my job, my workload, and my coworkers, and she would say the most soothing stuff. I enjoyed talking to her and felt she had the most insightful things to contribute to every conversation. 
She also would never hold back on cursing out my boss or colleagues at work whenever I complained to her. At the time, I wondered if her freelance clients never bothered her. She never complained about them and she never praised them either. She just never spoke of them. I would ask her if she was working on any project or writing anything and she would say, oh, just my novel, and then change the topic. One day she texted me that she was in a hotel and would be staying there for a while. First, I wondered how she could afford to stay in the hotel for a long time. It was a nice hotel in the city. Secondly, I wondered why she left her old apartment. Her apartment was tiny, but she loved it. It was close to the coffee shop where she gets her writing done, and it was in the middle of the city. She always said she loved the noise and the crowd. She never told me why she moved out. I subtly mentioned it so she could tell me, but she still did not. I decided not to think too much about it. My virtual friend was after all a spontaneous girl and was the kind of person to just decide that renting an apartment was simply no longer for her. While she was living at the hotel, my roommate told me that she was moving out. Her boyfriend wanted to live together and since I couldn't excuse them, I moved into the apartment first and she had asked me if I want to live somewhere else so her boyfriend could move in but I disagreed. She decided that they would find a new place. That meant that I had to look for a roommate so I wouldn't have to pay the whole rent the month after my roommate leaves. I had told everyone at work that I needed a roommate, but no one was looking and my roommate was moving out at the end of that month. My virtual friend turned ex-roommate was already bothering me about meeting up. We hardly ever had time to meet because on most weekends, she was out with her boyfriend, and on weekdays, I was busy with work. Finally, we decided to meet up for coffee at her favorite coffee shop. It was a public holiday, so it worked perfectly for both of us. We were very happy to see each other. I had worried that things were going to be awkward, but that didn't happen. We talked like we'd known each other for a very long time. On our second coffee date, I told her that I was looking for a roommate. I didn't think that she would want to be my roommate. I only hoped that she would talk to her friends since she knew the city better than I did. Oh my god, I could move in with you. We could be roomies. She did a little dancing around the table. I wasn't sure it was a good idea since it was only our second meeting, but she was so excited about it so I caught the bug too. When I told my roommate when she was leaving about my plan to have my new friend move in, she was skeptical. I don't know honey, did you not just meet her? I just did, but she's such a delight. We already have such a strong connection. She shrugged and wished me luck. I perfectly understood her skepticism. My mom had always said that who you live with can make or marry you. That includes a spouse, romantic partner, or roommate. Having a problematic roommate was too much of a problem, and it made no sense to return from a hectic day at work to a terrible roommate. Living with my former roommate was fun at first. I would hurry back from work so we could go out for drinks together. She was nearly always home during the day and would be so happy to see me. I always wondered why she didn't want to get a regular job since she was so bored, and if she was working on her book, why did I hardly ever see her write anything? I also wondered how she could afford rent. I knew her parents sent her money and so did her brother, but how was that sufficient for her to just sit by and do nothing? Asides from rent, she always filled up the fridge and she had many designer purses, shoes and makeup. She could also afford to buy food from expensive restaurants. She had a boyfriend and they spoke often, but he never came over and she never introduced us. But that didn't bother me at all. I would ask her to say hello to him for me whenever they were talking on the phone. One day, I returned from work and saw her crying. 
It was strange to me because I had never seen her cry. After many minutes of asking what was wrong, she finally told me that she had just broken up with her boyfriend. Why? Oh dear, I thought everything was fine. He promised to leave his wife, she yelled and burst out crying again. It was at that moment that I understood everything that had been going on. My former roommate was seeing a married man and he'd been the one mostly paying for all the expensive stuff she buys. I tried very hard to not be judgmental, but I couldn't help it. My dad left my mom for a younger woman when his business took off and my mom was devastated. Before he left her, he was openly cheating on my mom with his girlfriend. It was humiliating for our family. Naturally, I didn't approve of anyone dating married men. She must have noticed the sour look on my face. Don't judge me, she screamed. I'm not judging, I said, alarmed. I had also never seen her scream. I know you judge me. I see how you look whenever I'm talking to him. I didn't even know you were dating a married man until now. She stood and started to pace. Calm down, I cooed. Do you think you'll leave her? I said no. Many men lie about leaving their wives. They hardly ever leave. After that day, I stopped seeing my roommate in the same light. Our conversations lessened and we hardly went out to do fun things. She soon got back together with him because I heard her talking to him many times. One day, I was in the kitchen doing the dishes when she walked up to me. You never asked what happened with my boyfriend, she accused. What? You didn't care to do a follow-up. We're supposed to be friends. I said I'm sorry, I just didn't see how I could feel sorry for you. The only person who anyone should be sorry for is his wife. Her husband is cheating. I tried to say that as quietly as I could, but I was very upset. She says, whose side are you on? I said I'm not on any side. Why don't you just find your own man? You're beautiful and smart and... She walked away from me before I could complete my sentence. That was what drove a wedge between my roommate. We went from barely talking to not even talking at all. I knew I ought to not have turned away from her like that, but all I could think of was how the other woman must have been feeling. I know how bad my mom felt when my dad was cheating on her. I finally saw my roommate and her boyfriend at a restaurant one day. They were in a private corner of the restaurant. I only knew that part of the restaurant because my former roommate and I used to eat there. I had expected a middle-aged man, but he was quite younger than I expected him to be. When she returned home that evening, I asked how she was. She looked excited, so I figured she had gotten some great news. He's finally going to leave her, she exclaimed. I'm so relieved. Why do you care anyway, judgy? I said I'm not being judgmental. I genuinely want you to be happy. I meant that, but what I didn't say was that I wanted her to be happy with someone who wasn't someone else's husband. Oh well, she said, shrugged, and then suddenly transformed into the happy, bubbly roommate I knew. It's going to be a slow process though because we don't want her to take all the money and get custody of their child. My man is trying to take it slowly so she has nothing against him. I nodded slowly and managed to force a smile. He wants to get the house, she said again. What? He wants the house. That's a major reason for his carefulness. He wants me to move into that same house with him. The household sentimental value to him. It used to be his parents, but they sold it to him when they wanted to sell it. And he couldn't bear to see someone else live in his beloved house. She went on and on about how he'd proposed to her as soon as his divorce was in court. I was irritated, but I tried very hard to mask it. I decided I was going to help the other woman get justice. I couldn't stop her husband from leaving her for my roommate, but I could at least ensure that she got the house and took all or nearly all his money. 
I started to wait for when my roommate would leave the house so I could be alone with her computer. I knew there would be evidence of their relationship somewhere. She was that crazy about him. True to my thoughts, they had taken many half-naked pictures together in luxurious hotel rooms. I took pictures of those with my phone because we didn't have a printer. I then checked thoroughly for his name and searched for him online. I found him and found his wife's profile too. Since I couldn't send his wife the photos with my real social media account, I opened a burner account and sent her the photos. His wife, Atta Girl, did just as I hoped she would. She took the house, nearly all his money, their dog, and their daughter. From what it looked like, he probably wasn't even going to leave his wife. He only said it to discourage my roommate from leaving. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Him. His wife left him, though, and while that made my roommate happy for a while, she was glad they could finally be together. She became quite miserable when she saw her boyfriend try very hard to get his wife back. When she didn't take him back, he became very sad and wouldn't treat my roommate right. He eventually ghosted her and left the city. I don't think my roommate ever suspected that I did it. I felt sorry for her, but... I just couldn't watch another woman get hurt. I'm not gonna lie, I think OP's roommate is not the brightest if they really had no inkling of suspicion that OP was involved. I guess if the wife finding out because of those photos was not ever disclosed ever, then I guess OP could get away with it, because then the roommate would just think that the wife's just trying to take everything like she feared. That said, our next story is showing the mean girls out. I've always been a reader, and I used to think that the popular kid becomes friends with a loser trope was unrealistic until it happened to me. I'm a 24-year-old woman, so all of this is behind me. 
but I've been up too long and wandering down the rabbit hole that is Reddit, so this is me sharing my own story. My family was the average divorced family. My father lived in a different city entirely and only had us for one holiday a year, and we lived with my mother for most of the year. There were three of us, my older sister, myself, and my little brother. We were very close in age, which meant that there were a lot of fights as children and we only became close as adults. Unfortunately, these fights affected me a little more than they should have, coupled with the fact that I was the middle child and an automatic rebel. It was a hard childhood. I was very much into art and literature in high school, and I made sure to look the part of a tortured artist, or what we call the emo kid today. Naturally, I kept a diary where I put all of my little feelings, and I kept it in my locker. I wasn't popular, nor did I care about that because I was too much in my own world to give a darn about what was going on around me. Plus, I had too much to do. As I said, I was really into art and literature, and so I was in charge of a lot of things. I was a part of the school's journalism team and I did summary columns of two books every week. I also worked behind the scene for the theater kids as a stagehand, so I was really occupied at school. Back home, my mother had me doing a few things for the church as well, and I was basically my little brother's permanent babysitter. I was always, always doing something. Because of that, I didn't really have that many friends beside the people I worked with. And while it was nice to hang out with them during the time we worked in school together, once everything was over, they went back to their various lives and it was just me. As a teenager, the loneliness begins to get to you after some time, and you begin to wish for more than you already have. I just wanted a friend to have similar interests as me. I didn't let myself think about it too much, but it was the last thing I wrote in my diary, the last time I saw it. I wasn't too attached to my diary, and if I'm being honest, it was more like a planner and a means to record how I was feeling at the end of every week. I only wrote a lot in it when I was feeling particularly stressed, and the week that I wrote about wanting friends was a stressful week for me. My family had been stressing me out. The school had decided to ban all of the books that I'd had reviewed after the school paper had been published. So about a month's worth of papers had to be retrieved and redone. It wasn't my fault because the ban came after I had turned the work in, but my coworkers decided to be jerks about it. We were also having midterms at the same time, so all of it was at my throat and I was really just exhausted by the rest of the world. I had been updating my diary the entire week with the happenings in my life, and naturally, I said some mean things about my coworkers and teachers and family and everyone that had crossed my path and annoyed me in the slightest. I noticed that my diary was missing after two weeks since I'd last written in it because that was when I was finally able to relax after midterms. I didn't panic initially because I expected that if it wasn't in my school locker, where I always left it during the week, it would be home. I'm not a careless person, and I have a great memory, so accidents like forgetting my diary were out of the question. After a weekend of searching, I became panicked. The next week, my entire life turned upside down. I came to school to see torn out pages from my diary placed all over the walls, and an angry mob of students waiting for me inside a classroom. My coworkers threatened to kick me out of the journalism team. They couldn't until a teacher approved it, and the theater kids straight up told me that I was not allowed anywhere near their sets anymore. Apparently, my diary had been uploaded online and everyone had a piece of it. 
I knew that I didn't say anything remotely serious enough to elicit that reaction from them, but we were teenagers. Everything was a reason to be emotional. I was hounded until the principal called me to her office with the most pitiful look on her face. She apologized to me on behalf of all the students and shared that she understood how it felt to be in front of everyone's temper. She had also read the contents and told me that it wasn't as bad and the students were being a little dramatic and promised to find out who broke into my locker and took out my private property. I was also given the option of taking two days off school for things to die down, which I took wholeheartedly because who wouldn't? However, when I returned to school, I saw banners with my face on them. I went straight to the principal to complain that I was getting bullied, but she was gleeful and told me that three girls had randomly taken interest in the case and wanted to sensitize the school about being kind or something of the sort. It was weird and uncomfortable, mainly because I'd already gotten attention and hoped that the break would make things die down a bit. But the girls were sweet and their message, however overly theatrical, was good too. They preached about not invading your friend's privacy. Very simple, very off, and very cute. People were more forgiving towards me after three pretty and popular girls spoke about kindness, so it didn't seem all bad because I went back to work and they left me alone. But when they approached me during lunch one day and sat at my table, things took quite a turn. I'll call them Daisy, Maisie, and Ro. Daisy was obviously the leader, Maisie her twin sister, and Ro their childhood best friend. They weren't dumb or anything, but they were rich and had parents who were never around. They invited me to parties, and I started out refusing, but once my mother heard about it, she basically put me in clothes and forced me out the door. The parties were nice. They involved me and we had fun, so much so that we started regularly hanging out together. I became one of them the quieter one that dressed a lot like Adam Sandler in the summer, but we worked. They didn't get a lot of things I liked, like my super emo music and love of bands and hot topics, but we still found a ways to have fun. They made their parents buy the school newspapers in bulk, which meant more money for the journalism team, and they showed up to whatever plays I assisted in with large banners that had my name on them. I didn't want to explain that it wasn't how it worked, but the gesture was sweet so I didn't bother. It felt like a good thing had come from my little messy situation, so I just enjoyed it. I was basically the keeper of all their secrets and I knew everything about them, including some gory details that weren't worth mentioning to the public. Things were great for three years, from the 9th grade to the 11th, and then we went for the summer break before senior year. My parents took a trip to Morocco to see my mom's family and we had a great time. Naturally, communication was low and I missed my friends. Upon returning, I expected that we would have the best time and reminisce about how much we missed each other. Instead, we only hung out in school and only during lunch. One weekend, I decided that I would go see them as a surprise so that I could give all of them all the cute things I got them while abroad. Daisy and Maisie's parents were fighting downstairs and waved me off as usual. I went upstairs and just as I was about to knock, I heard that they were having a heated conversation. I didn't understand it at the time but I later understood that Roe felt guilty that they had been using me as a charity case for so long and wanted to be honest because we were now pretty close. I figured it out two weeks later when my little brother who was in ninth grade and among the media team and film club that was in charge of photography and videography asked to show me a video. It was one of my three best friends talking about how I was a successful charity case. 
and it was going so well that they actually wanted to keep me. They were also the ones to steal my diary from my locker. It made sense now because Ro knew how to jimmy any lock and she had confessed to it on many occasions. It was a blatant school project and I was devastated that I let myself fall for it. The worst parts were that they were still acting very chummy with me and it made me so uncomfortable. I couldn't believe that what could have been a good and quiet high school run was ruined by three bored girls. It was a Saturday morning when I went to the mall to buy a new red diary to document all the ways I was going to get back at my best friends. To start with, Maisie and Roe were both sleeping with Daisy's boyfriend. They had both individually confided in me because I looked like I knew something, and poor Daisy had no idea. I had all of their passwords because they shared their passwords with each other in case any of them died. I had lied about mine, thankfully, but I could get into their social media accounts to get all the evidence that I could. I prepared receipts into the silliest little videos and kept them safely in a flash drive. Right before our final exams, Daisy and Maisie confessed that their parents were on the brink of a divorce, and we were waiting for them to be finished with high school. It was a stressful time for them and I almost felt bad but seeing more texts between all three of them in their super private group chat that I wasn't on made me understand that they didn't feel remorse for being jerks. I waited until our final class event before graduation which was an outdoor cinema and then I went to give the flash drive to the kid who was in charge of playing sappy little videos onto a projector before we would watch the movie. I also did well to email it to all three of their parents before walking out of the scene. It was just as messy as I had anticipated, and all three of them got into a catfight that made noses and mouths bleed. But it could have been an overstatement. The twins' parents eventually separated, and they were shipped to a Christian college in London, where they had to wear uniforms instead of UCLA as they originally had planned. Rose's parents were very religious, and they were so mad that they sent her to a community college and replaced her shiny Bentley with a Toyota Corolla. In rich kid lingo, it was a nightmare. My little brother to this day is the only one who knows what I did, and we still have inside jokes about it. So you're telling me that they did this charity case thing as a school project? I mean, I would hope that whatever teacher, if they caught wind of this or saw this, would give them an F for the ethics of that. Imagine fooling and stringing someone along for years just for a project. Whether or not you find out that you actually do like the person and want to be their friend, the whole thing is so foundationally screwed up. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.